when you're at that point where you can see your business is growing, you can see that you're spending too much time in your inbox or you're spending too much time feeling like you're drowning in those mundane tasks of day-to-day thinking, oh, what am I going to post on socials tonight? I don't know. That's probably the point where you need to stop and think, okay, maybe I need to bring someone onto the team. Hi, and welcome to the Bright Minds of E-commerce podcast. I'm Dana, founder of Bright Red Marketing. And after helping so many businesses in the e-commerce space over the years, I wanted to bring you the best advice from Australian experts in e-commerce and e-commerce store owners. If you want any relatable stories and actionable advice and the latest Facebook advertising strategies, you're in the right place. Want help with your Facebook and Instagram ads? Remember, you can always book in a free strategy session at brightredmarketing.com.au forward slash free dash strategy dash session. We'll run through your ads, see what's working and what's not, and no sales pitch, I promise. So let's get into today's episode. On today's episode, we're joined by Kirsty Wybrow. Welcome, Kirsty. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. It's so good to have you on the show. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how your business came to be? Yeah, for sure. So I'm Kirsty. I'm from Kirsty & Co. So we are a virtual assistant agency. We mainly help e-commerce brands and businesses to remove the overwhelm so that they can scale their businesses. We help with things like social media, email marketing, Shopify updates, customer service, and all of the fun things no one has time to do. I've actually nearly had my business for almost five years, which is crazy because that's gone so fast. I almost fell into having my business. I was very, very lucky to have a a good friend of mine who had a brand and she was like, hey, I need help. And I was like, I can probably do that. And I was very fortunate enough to grow with her brand and learn along the way with her as her brand grew, which was exciting. And from there, I just, I absolutely loved it. I loved helping people. I loved learning about their businesses and seeing that relief when all of those things were taken off their plate was amazing. Yeah. I mean, obviously I work with a lot of e-commerce businesses and all those things are things that just they stack up so quickly and they take up so much of your time, but they're not why most people started an e-commerce business. Yeah, they didn't. And a lot of the time too, those things aren't maybe like it might take an hour to do your inbox, but you know, it's the overwhelm of feeling of, I need to check my inbox. Like, has anyone emailed me? Is there anything urgent sitting in there? So sometimes it's often just that space that that actually takes up rather than the physical time. Yeah. And even just I mean, a lot of us started our businesses to have more time and that time is not always best spent sending emails. Sometimes it's, do you want to go hang out with your family or you want to sit around and brainstorm ideas for new product? So that time is always really good to get back. Absolutely. If someone is thinking about getting help, when do you sort of work out that time? How do you get that timing right? I know that's something a lot of people struggle with is do I get them now? Like, is it too soon? Have I missed the boat? Like, how do people work out that time of getting help? It is really tricky, especially when often businesses scale really quickly and then they don't realize that they're absolutely drowning and that they need help like three months ago. <laughs> and that's that's tricky. And it isn't something that we can always get right. We don't always have a crystal ball in business. So what I would recommend is definitely getting help before you are drowning, if possible. So if you, when you're at that point where you can see your business is growing, you can see that you're spending too much time in your inbox or you're spending too much time feeling like you're drowning in those mundane tasks of day-to-day thinking, oh, what am I going to post on socials tonight? I don't know. 
that's probably the point where you need to stop and think, okay, maybe I need to bring someone onto the team before everything's absolutely, you feel like you're drowning. If you're able to bring them on at that point, you're just able to onboard them a little bit easier and more streamlined onto your, into your business. You can set up those procedures in place because, of course, every business is slightly different and that is going to take a little bit of time. And then and then you can go forth from there. If you are at that point where you're drowning and you feel like you needed someone in your business six months ago, that's okay too. That's going to happen. It absolutely is. It just means that that transition may not be as smooth as what it could have been if you'd done it a little bit earlier. Yeah, I totally agree. Is there ever a time where it's too early to get help? The only time is is if you physically can't afford that investment in your business. Obviously, there's VAs come with many different price points and that may be an option as well. If you choose to go with a VA who may be at a, a lower price point with a little bit less experience, that's generally the only time where it is too soon in your business. Yeah, that makes sense. So obviously you come in to businesses of all shapes and sizes. Where do you tend to see the most growth? So obviously you've come in, you're helping people. What sort of activities, tasks that do you take on that you then see the most growth in those businesses? The biggest things are those daily things. So customer service, social media, obviously a lot of the brands and businesses that we work with have a, a pretty clear marketing strategy in place already. They're already at that level where they know who their customer is, they know their marketing strategy and all of those sorts of things. So that's already up and sailing and growing. But by taking those daily things, like the by actually implementing their emails that they've got you know, planned out their social media, their customer service. It just means that they're then able to actually use that brain power in their business to grow it. So that might be product development. It might be looking into, you know, adding Facebook ads into their into their marketing and those sorts of things. And then that's where they're then able to actually grow their business because they've just got that headspace where they're not having to think about those emails. And that sounds really like a funny thing just by taking that off someone it just means that their head's so much clearer to be able to think about okay well what's next for our business yeah fantastic what are some of your like favorite systems tools or strategies that you implement into other people's businesses that make a big difference obviously we've just talked about some of those things but like in terms of growth in terms of things that people listening to can actually implement themselves from this call. What are some of those things that you find really make a big difference in terms of those systems and tools? Yeah, so we use Asana and I will use Asana with our clients to help with our communication back and forth. But what I've found is a lot of clients will then take Asana even further and start actually implementing that into their business. So then they'll have different boards for marketing. They'll have different boards for, you know, product development and all of those sorts of things. And then that's just a place where they can house all of those thoughts that are in their mind. That tool is probably that one of the biggest ones that I find that most people then take on board and take in their own business. Yeah, I think having that sort of systems and structures can really help. Is there anything else that you find really helps? Most are already using things like social media scheduling platforms, if they're not, unless they're, they're people who are 
of course, I'm posting on the fly, actually scheduling out their social media and using a platform like Plan or Planoly. There's many out there, but most I find are already using some form of scheduling platform. The other one is Gorgeous, which I absolutely love for customer service. And that's a big one. If we can get brands and businesses into Gorgeous, that streamlines a a lot of their customer service. And I love it. And it's even better than for a team to be able to use. So you're really taking it to, to the next level and you're not then needing to check, you know, three different inboxes and your, your DMs on Instagram and your PMs on coming in on Facebook. It's just everything's in one. That's a big one. I can't believe I nearly forgot about the gorgeous section. I love gorgeous. I, I've got a, a merch t-shirt of theirs and it's the comfiest thing ever. But their software is amazing. They also make great <laughs> merch t-shirts if you can get your hands on one. But the software is great for that exact reason. I mean, for us, we obviously need our clients to maintain and monitor the comments on their Facebook ads yes. and gorgeous lets them do that really easily. There are some other platforms that do similar things, but having that ability to be able to reply to customers quickly, it's all in one place, nothing's getting lost, nothing's getting forgotten is always a really good thing. Yeah, definitely. I absolutely love Gorgeous. And when you are working with a team, those internal notes are like a godsend because it means that we can communicate back and forth about different problems as well as on top of not missing any comments, any DMs, all of the things. It's just all in one place. It's fantastic. Yeah, lovely. You touched on it briefly in terms of the social media posting using schedulers and things. It is something that a lot of business owners do struggle with, even the ones that are planned and organized and <laughs> have a scheduler. Do you have any tips on how to sort of like streamline that, have the the content coming through in terms of like that content creation and the automation side of things? Yeah, it definitely is tricky to get everything happening. So we plan content out a month in advance and that's not always possible. You know, products don't turn up on time and stuff like that. There's always room for movement. We actually just use a Google Doc to plan out all of the content in a month for a month in advance. And then from there, it's then scheduled into those platforms. And I think that that's the easiest way, even if you do need to move things or products don't turn up on time or you need to stretch out launch dates, if it's planned, out can see that month done and you only really need to think about it once a month rather than having to think about it every week or every day when you've only got to think about it you can get your head in that headspace of content planning and content creating and then it's done you don't need to think about it again it does take so much more brain space to be thinking about it all the time rather than just getting it done in one hit I try to remember to get it done in one hit that doesn't always happen (laughs) in terms of the structure of those posts finding content those sorts of things any tips for our listeners yeah it's hard so we tend to work around four content pillars and I think um, understanding and knowing those content pillars is really important and then once you've got those content pillars you're really just recycling between each. So for product-based businesses, one thing that we always try and concentrate on is obviously educating their audience on their products. What are the questions that are coming into the inbox? What are the, you know, frequently asked questions, that sort of stuff, educating your audience on the products. So that's obviously one. Every post doesn't need to be buy my things. I think that that's something that is very easy. too much. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like it needs to be by my things all of the time, but it, it really doesn't. The biggest thing also is personal branding, like around working about why did you start your business? Who are you? You know, that those sorts of things is really what's connecting with, with your audience. 
So I think once you've got those four content pillars kind of mapped out for your brand and business, then you're just recycling through those content pillars. And I think that that kind of breaks it down a little bit. I love that. Think about some like streamlining and things. Do you have any other areas of business that you like to sort of streamline or automate that other people can sort of learn from? They're probably really the biggest ones that we use in terms of helping with social media, which we've covered. They are customer service. Shopify updates is always going to be a big one. And we really use Asana in terms of that. So for example, for an upcoming launch, we would have a launch template set out that would have all of the steps. So then every single launch, that template is just duplicated over and over and over. You know, there's lots of things that need to be done. Images need to be added. Old text needs to be added. All of those sorts of things. And when you've just got that list there in a template that can be ticked off as you go, either as you do it or someone else on your team does it, it just means that that's all being ticked off for each launch and then you're good to go. What else do we cover? And then email marketing really comes into the same sort of planning as social media. You know, I think the two, and you would probably agree, kind of work hand in hand, depending on what's going on in your business. At the time, the planning comes together for those. Yeah, I love that. It sounds so common sense to be like, have a checklist for launch, but we have a big client who almost forgot to put the new products online. <laughs> yeah, that's and a big one. They're a big they're a big company. It's, it's, it's not my job. I didn't forget, but it, it can was be, just something like that got missed. So many, there's so many little things that need to be done for a launch. And yeah. sometimes, you know, you get, you get into the groove of doing each thing and it's easy to miss something. Yeah. Especially when you've done it so many times and you think, you know, like you've got it, you're like, yep, I've done this 7,000 times. And it's just that one little step that gets missed and you're like, yeah. so I think those automated templates in Asana is a, a really great idea. Yeah. That's cool. Thank you. So what would you say are your top three tips for an e-commerce business? I like oh, to ask everyone. <laughs> no, no planning on what to say here. Definitely outsourcing help before, before you need it. You can't do everything on your own. Once your business is at a stage of, of growth, you can't do everything on your own. So definitely outsourcing and asking for that help, even if it's packers, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is a VA or however it may look. It might even be to begin with packers because I know that's a huge one for e-commerce brands. So definitely outsourcing and taking on that help when you can. Planning is a big one, I think definitely, especially in terms of you know trying to plan out launches and then in terms of that, where does that then look? Have you got your social media ads? Have you got your ads happening? Have you got your emails? That's a huge one. Definitely planning. And the other one, well, I don't know. I, I think that it's really important to include who you are in, in, your, in your products. And I think that that's your biggest point of difference. So I love seeing, I know when I go to shop with someone, I often land straight onto their about me page. I want to know who I'm buying from before I'm actually checking out. So I think that that's really important as well. Yeah, I love that. And I've spoken to a lot of people about that lately in terms of you're selling something that probably a lot of other people are selling. Yeah. And people are going to buy from small businesses because they like you. Yeah, definitely. Your product has to be great, but people that buy from small businesses tend to buy from people. So having that sort of personality and sharing a bit more of your story, I think, is a, a really important thing. I, I fully agree with you there. It's just nice. Then you kind of have that brand loyalty because you're like, oh, I really like 
Julie. Like it's not even like the brand anymore. It's just yeah, I like buying Julie. <laughs> yeah, you're creating like a community as well. You're creating like a, that following that's then so loyal to you because they feel like they know you. They're buying something from you. And I think yeah. that makes a huge difference. Yeah, I think people love that, especially when everything's getting so in your face and very marketing is. heavy. It's nice to feel like you're buying from a friend instead. Yeah. Before we ask the last couple of questions, we ask everyone, do you think we've missed anything? I feel like we've covered a lot. The only other thing that we're often asked is like how to actually find a VA, I guess. Oh, yeah. Any tips on finding a good fit? There's lots of VAs out there and it can, I imagine, feel quite overwhelming to business owners not really knowing where to start looking for a VA. And my biggest advice there is actually just jump on a discovery call, have a look on their website, have a look through their social to be able to see brands that they're working with and if they're like a similar fit to yours. You can tell from their writing if it sounds like the way you speak, if it feels like the way you feel about things and then just jump on a discovery call. I think you need to just really trust your gut. I completely understand that it's a huge overwhelming task handing over some of that to somebody so terrifying. else. terrifying. I've just done yeah. it again and I'm like, <laughs> I've had some very bad experiences with VAs. I've never worked with you, just so everyone's listening. I'm not saying I had a bad experience with Kirsty. I've had some very bad experiences and I've taken the plunge again because I needed some assistant and they're doing really great this time, but it's always scary. It is you're super like, scary. Here's the logins to my entire business. Yeah, exactly. You're handing over a lot. So you really, I think you have to trust your gut and you will get that like often from from a call. Like, does this feel like my person? Does this feel like we're on the similar sort of wavelength? And then, yeah, from there, you should be able to have a contract in place. All of those sorts of big things will give you a clear indication as to whether or not it's the right fit as well, I think. Yeah, I love that. I see so many posts in groups where people are like, who's the VA? And there's like 7,000 comments. That must just be so overwhelming for small businesses being like, how how do you pick between the 7,000 people who have raised their hands? And often everyone's website looks great because at the end of the day, a website is telling people exactly what they want to hear because that's why we make So the job of the website. <laughs> exactly. When you actually speak to someone, so just jump on a discovery call with five different people and see if you get that right feeling from yes. someone. I mean, that's how I've always hired and I've had very good success with that is do I like you as a human being and do we get yeah, exactly. along? And then the rest is sort of we can work it out from there. Yeah, completely agree. And lovely. All right, last couple of questions we ask everyone. Do you have any strategies or habits that you follow each day to keep you on track in business? Yeah, so I actually have, this has taken me a long time to get this happening, but I have two different checklists that I work off every day. So one is a checklist of things that have to be done, even if my day goes to complete AWOL and nothing's gone right or the kids are sick or whatever. I've got a checklist of things that have to be done. And this is only three things, but if my day goes horrible, I know I've done those three things and I can be wherever else I need to be. I've got I've got two little kids, you know, life doesn't always go as it should. And then I've got a a checklist for an ideal day. So it's completely time blocked out, being completely honest. Sometimes I would sit down at my desk, I would pick up my phone and all of a sudden I've been scrolling Instagram for an hour and I've done absolutely nothing. So I now I have like a list of things that I okay, I sit down, this is what I do first, this is what I do next, and then it's completely planned out for the day so that I can stay on track. 
the tasks that I don't want to do or that I find hard time consuming those ones that you tend to always put off, I do at the beginning of my day. So that means they're done and I can't put them off. And that has that works really well for me. The other that. thing I try and do is once a week have what I call a CEO day. And this is working on my business as a service-based provider. It's hard to often, you'll always you know, prioritize client work over your own. And I try and have one day a week, which is just working on my business. I love that. I really like the list, like the two lists, because sometimes you just have a bad day and sometimes stuff just goes crazy and nothing can get done. So having sort of those two lists, I think is, is really clever. I think it stops you from beating yourself up. Like, oh, I didn't get anything done, you know, but that's life. Like life is going to happen. So by just having those things, okay, it hasn't gone to plan, but I've still done those important things that needed to be done. Let's move on. Yeah. I I also like that you do the big scary things and the big hard things first. I have to do a couple of tiny things just to feel like I've checked some things off my list. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But that's the thing. Everyone's different. Do you have a favorite podcast? Oh, I have it's hard to pick one. I listen to Give us the list. (laughs) I listen to a lot of podcasts that are around a lot of mindful stuff. So Christine Corcoran, I listen to her podcast religiously. Um, I love it. I don't even know what it's called off the top of my head, but Christine Corcoran and you'll find her from there. I also love Claire Wood's podcast. So she's Money Mindset and her podcast I find is fantastic and really easy to listen to as well. I do listen to Blossom Media Chelsea's podcast regularly as well for e-commerce brands and businesses. That's a good one. And if people want to visit you, what's the best way for them to do that? So I'm usually hanging out on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Kirsty underscore and co, or of course my website, which is www.kirstyandco.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Bright Minds of E-Commerce podcast. As always, you'll find the show notes at brightredmarketing.com.au forward slash episode 40. Thanks for listening.